0: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Everything Hoops show here on KRNU2. I'm your host Daniel Mahoney and on this episode with the regular season wrapped up I am going to talk about the 2022 NBA draft class and how everyone did in their rookie seasons and what I really liked. So I hope you enjoy this episode. So before I start, I want to make this clear. This won't be in order based on how everyone was drafted because there's some players I want to talk about more than others. Like for example, I think you guys would rather have me talk about Jalen Williams, J-Dub over Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis was drafted before Jalen Williams, but Jalen Williams is better. So I'm going to talk about Jalen Williams. But anyways, of course, I'm going to talk about the number one overall pick, the super talented Apollo Bancaro out of Duke. Way ahead to Bancaro. Bancaro way up and throws it down. I mean, first you gotta look at his body and how athletic he is. He's six foot ten, two feet. 50 he's such a hard matchup for anyone because if he's up against someone bigger he can just blow right past them he's very quick but also he can bully a lot of smaller defenders and with that size athleticism and that build he's also really skilled throughout his rookie year he showed flashes of the type of player that he can become I think he can become a 25 points per game scorer we saw some nice finishes at the rim some Nice post-ups, post fadeaways, post tucks. A couple of nice mid-range jumpers. His three-pointer—it needs a lot of work, of course. In in February, Paulo Banquero shot one for thirty-three. From three, 3%. Paolo, of course, talked about he was going through neck pain. And that's why he struggled from three. But I just think it's so impressive that even though Paolo struggled with efficiency, he still put up 20 points, seven boards, four assists on really bad efficiency. 427 and 29.8% from three. That just shows how good he's going to Become, and I'm so excited for what Paulo can become because I think he's a future superstar. Maybe a number one on a championship team but definitely a number two on a championship team. Just got to continue to work on efficiency. Got to continue to make better decisions because he also struggled with turnovers. He averaged three turnovers per game but having Markel Fultz hopefully a full healthy season because Markel Fultz was injured to start the year, Franz, and another couple draft picks. Hopefully having multiple ball handlers like that makes the game easier for Paulo, but he's such a great talent and I'm so excited for his future. Next guy we're going to talk about is the third overall pick in this draft and he plays for the Houston Rockets, Jabari Smith Jr. Here we go. Comes into Smith. Fade and fire. Oh! He averaged 12.8 points, grabbed 7 rebounds per game. He only shot 30.7% from 3, but Jabari struggled really bad to start the year. Had no confidence in his jump shot at all. He shot 17% from 3 in January and 25% from 3 in February. He finished the season better. He had a 30-point game against the Pacers, including a buzzer beater, a fadeaway 3 to tie the game. And send it into overtime. He also had a game where he shot nine for eleven against the Boston Celtics. So he just became more confident throughout the year. He also showed how helpful he can be defensively, how versatile he is on that end. So he had a really good finish to his regular season. And when I look at Jabari, six foot ten forward that can shoot the three, that can shoot over anyone with his size and length. It's all about confidence, and he was more confident at the end of the season, and I hope that confidence, it translates into next year for Jabari Smith Jr. Just got to figure out that face-up jumper in the mid-range, because if he can get that unlocked, then it's pretty much over for Jabari Smith and he will be extremely effective next year. I also think the change in coach may also help him get more involved. Yes, Jabari Smith did get good looks from three, but the fact of the matter is I don't think he was utilized that much. I don't think Steven Silas really ran any plays to get Jabari Smith in easier shots. So whoever the next head coach is for the Rockets, hopefully he gets Jabari Smith more involved in this Rockets offense to best utilize Jabari Smith. But of course, I don't know Jabari's ceiling because I don't know how good of a shot creator he can become if he can force the issue like Apollo a Shaden Sharp, a Jaden Ivey. But I know that his style of play translates to wins if he's being utilized, if he is playing his best basketball. And that's what the Houston Rockets need right now now because they got young talent they just gotta figure out how to translate it into wins next guy we are going to talk about is the fourth pick in this draft drafted by the Sacramento Kings Keegan Murray over to Murray for the record got it Murray emblazons himself into the history books Nobody has made more... And he had a really good regular season for a rookie. It's so impressive when a rookie shoots 41% from three. That's really, really good. And he contributed so much to the Kings' great regular season. And of course, his season isn't over because he has the playoffs. But Keegan Murray, he hit the most threes by a rookie. This year, he he hit 206 threes and him and Kevin Herter are the only pair of teammates that have hit 203s and the only others are Stephen Clay, which showed how effective Keegan Murray was, how great he played his role and I am really excited for Keegan Murray I'm excited because I think he's going to have such a long career because of his ability to shoot and I think he can continue to improve as a defender hopefully hopefully create off the dribble a little bit more he showed some of that he's also a good cutter he's just a really good player and I was really impressed with Keegan Murray because people thought that pick was a mistake but he played his role so well and he contributed to winning basketball he was a starter on the Third seed in the West. So now we got the fifth pick in this draft, Jaden Ivey out of Purdue. He averaged 16.3 points game, 5.2 assists. He's another young guard that struggles with efficiency, 41.6% from the field and 34.3% from three. He struggled really bad to start his rookie year, but that's any young guard and he showed improvements. And I really liked how his jumper improved. His pull-up jumper looked extremely better. He was always great at getting downhill, using his athleticism, using his first step to get all the way to the rim. It's really impressive and he's going to continue to improve as a finisher. He's going to improve as a playmaker because he struggled with turnovers a little bit, but he doesn't have to be the lead playmaker because they got Cade Cunningham but Jaden Ivy, he just got to focus on making the simple reads. So averaging five assists, that's perfectly fine for Jaden Ivy. Of course, I was disappointed that Cade got injured because I wanted to see these two guys in the backcourt and how it would work out together. But Jaden Ivy, I think it was good for his development to be the lead guard on a team, even though the Pistons were horrible this year and now they fired Dwayne Casey, so I'm definitely interested on the new head coach and what he does, the offensive scheme he implements next year with Cade and Jaden because this year Dwayne Casey, it was just simple pick and rolls, and their offense really struggled. Next player I'm going to talk about is the sixth pick in this draft from the Indiana Pacers, Dick Matherin. What impressed me most is ability to attack the basket and get to the free throw line. He drew contact extremely well. He got to the free throw line around six times, which is pretty good for a rookie. But there was also games where he got to the free throw line like 15 times. And if you remember, the rookie of the year race was between Paolo and Dick Matherin. Like that's how good he was to start. The year he averaged 16.7 points this year, shot around 43% from the field, and I really do like Bendik. I think he can become an all-star because of that ability to attack the basket, draw contact as a rookie. He just needs to develop his offensive game. That three-pointer needs to be better. He needs to take more mid-range jumpers. He just needs to rely on more skill. Something that R.J. Barrett in his career is struggling. He can attack the basket well, but he has no offensive skill. And it hurts RJ Barrett, in my opinion. Bengen and Matherin spend most of the year on the bench as a six-man scorer. He would only start if there are injuries and at the end of the year. So hopefully Rick Carlisle can get him in the starting lineup. He only started 17 games. Hopefully him and Tyrese can get more experience, more chemistry in the backcourt together. Of course he has to improve on defense which basically everyone on the Pacers besides Miles Turner can improve on defense. He can become a better on-ball defender, a better better team defender understand when to rotate do not fall asleep do not get beat back door all those little things but I got a lot of faith in Bengen Matherin so hopefully he becomes an all-star next one is an interesting one and I'm honestly happy that he got more minutes he had more freedom to end the season it's seventh overall pick Shaden Sharp screen comes Ant. Now he's doubled. Walker finally sees Nas now to sharpen the corner. Right, let's go, let's go. Ball control. Oh my goodness! and Sharp cocks it back and hammers it down. And there were a lot of questions about him coming out of the draft because everyone thought that he was one of the more talented players in this draft and based on talent alone could have been a top three pick. But then there was the whole thing with not playing in Kentucky. Was he playing good competition? Which, of course, it wasn't good competition. He was playing in high school. People talked about his personality and people thought that he just didn't care about anything. But... I feel like he has that personality where he's more on the quiet end. Kawhi Leonard is like this, but those types of guys really do care about their craft care about being great anyway Shaden Sharp when you look at the stats you wouldn't be impressed because he only averaged 10 points but of course you got to look at circumstance and situation because he wasn't starting he wasn't given the role he wasn't given the freedom since the Blazers shut down Dame because they weren't competing for a playoff spot Shaden Sharp was given the opportunity to hoop and show people his talents he had a 29 point game against the Thunder. He had a 27 point game against the Timberwolves including one impressive drive where he had Jaden McDaniels on him. He got a ball screen and then he attacked Rudy Gobert who was protecting the rim and finished over Rudy Gobert. And the first thing that you look at Shaden it's the incredible dunks. The posters. Shaden Sharp has had a lot of monster dunks this year. Either attacking a closeout gang to the rim and dunking or being around the weak side corner, and if the Blazers get it to the short roll, the guy who's at the short roll hits Shade and Sharp for an oop. He also had some nice dunks in transition, just an ultra athletic shooting guard. And those guys are honestly back. His game does remind me of T Mac. And also the shot-making ability and the ability to hit tough shots. He can hit step-back jumpers, pull-ups. He has a nice mid-range game. He can shoot the three a little bit. His finishing as a rookie improved in his first season so Shaden Sharp just impressed me with how he finished off his rookie season so talented and now the Blazers have some decisions to make are they going to trade Anthony Simons because Shaden Sharp is more of a shooting guard he's not really a small forward and Damon Anthony is that backcourt too small? Probably. But do you want to trade Anthony Simons? Because he's really talented too. He's a good scorer. But of course, Shaden Sharp's potential is through the roof. It's way better than Anthony Simons. So of course, you would pick Shaden over Anthony. But also, you got to think, are the Blazers willing to go into rebuild mode and trade Dame But Of course, they're not going to do that. That's Dame. And Dame doesn't want to leave Portland. So, Anthony may get traded. But that's honestly probably a good thing for Shane Sharp because he's going to have a bigger role. He's going to start. And that's going to be big for his development. I'm just so excited for Shane Sharp. He's going to be such a great player. Guaranteed all-star. So skilled. Athletic. And of course, defensively, he has to improve. Of course, he was not a good defender in his rookie year, but so much promise with Shaden Sharp. Next guy I'm going to talk about is the ninth pick from the San Antonio Spurs, Jeremy Sohan. 133 to go. Sohan launches a three. Uh-oh, am I bouncing? Get it! He had a solid rookie year, may make an all-rookie team. He averaged 11, five boards, shot 45% from the field. Of course, the number one thing he needs to work on is three-point shooting. But the biggest thing that I like about Jeremy Sohan is just his personality because he seems like a really good dude. His teammates love him. He's extremely fun and he's always willing to listen and improve. The first example I got of this is he was struggling to start the year from the free throw line, and instead of letting it stay there, like not working on his free throw, he decided to switch to a one-handed free throw, which... Honestly, people would make fun of him, but Jeremy Sohan didn't care. He just cared about getting better. He trusted his coaching staff and he didn't care what anyone thinks. That's who Jeremy Sohan is. He doesn't care. You look at how he styles his hair, multiple colors, always changing it. He just has that type of personality that you would like in a teammate that you would like to play with. He's super fun. Another example was he did a sit-down interview with Spurs legend Tony Parker and he tried to pick his brain, learn different things from the Hall of Fame point guard, which I think is really valuable and so important. But talking about Jeremy's game. I'm honestly surprised. I thought his offense wasn't going to be that good. It was a little better than I thought. He created off the dribble a little bit more than I expected. Of course, the three-pointer needs to improve heavily. The playmaking was pretty solid. Hopefully, he continues to get better there. The defense was pretty good. As a team, the Spurs weren't good defensively, but Jeremy Sohan as an individual, he was pretty solid on defense. There was a couple times where he got beat back door, but that happens when you're a young player. I got a lot of faith in Jeremy Sohan. I think he's going to be a really good player. I think he's a really good teammate. I think he can help the Spurs win, plus with their lottery pick, probably going to be in the top three, so more talent for the San Antonio Spurs. Next guy, we mentioned his name earlier. It's Jalen Williams, aka J Dub from Santa Clara. Jump ball here. Ball tapped over to Giddy. He's gonna get it on the baseline. Has to move quickly. Giddy spins. Shot off the rim. Put back by J Dub as he delivered. And it's just so impressive. His efficiency as a rookie, shooting 52% from the field. He averaged 14. J-Dub is such a solid player and reminds me of Shea. It's so cool to see how the game slowed down for him as a rookie and how easy he made it look. With his offensive skill, his IQ, just such a good pick from Sam Presti. It was so impressive. Great to see J-Dub create off the dribble with his nice handle, finish at the rim, make plays for teammates, defend. He was also a good defender in his rookie season. Jalen Williams was such a huge part in the Thunders' good season this year. I think he was their second best player because I personally think with his efficiency as a scorer... I think he was better than Josh Giddy, and I got more faith in J-Dub than Josh Giddey. But Josh Giddy's still a good player. Anyways, this is about J-Dub. I think with his skill set, with his feel for the game, his patience, I feel like J-Dub can be an all-star just like Shea. And then, of course, they got Chet. There's just so much young talent. The talent fits. And it's what you need in today's NBA. You need a lot of guys that can do multiple things. You need guys that can create their own shot, be ball handlers, but also shoot, defend, rebound. J-Dub does all of that already as a rookie and he's only going to get better, going to be more efficient from three, continue to be a better passer, a better three-point shooter. I'm just so impressed with J-Dub and I can't wait to see him develop and develop and reach his potential. Now with the 13th pick in this draft, we got Detroit Piston center Jalen Duren. Off it comes to Bamba, way outside to Wagner, missed the three. Bodies everywhere, no whistle. Durant, to Corey Joseph. Inside of the big man for a jam. It's funny because I was going to talk about him and my Young Bucks That Don't Suck series, but Paul George technically beat me to it, so I didn't want to get too redundant. But now we're talking about Jalen Durant and he averaged 8.9 rebounds in his rookie year, which... He was top five in offensive rebounds, I'm pretty sure, which is so impressive for someone so young. Jalen Duren's younger than me. That's what makes it so crazy, his ability to dominate older men, adults. So I'm just thinking when he's 26, how dominant he is going to be for the Detroit Pistons. And of course, I love the fit with Kane and Jaden because they're ball handlers. They can operate in the pick and roll. And you got Jalen Duren, who's a great rim roller. I absolutely love it. But yeah, Jalen Duren, super athletic. Catches lobs. Has an underrated skill set for its center. Hopefully, he continues to improve his offensive game. Hopefully, he continues to score on the post. Have nice touch around the rim. Hopefully, that mid-range jumper develops and if he develops a three, I don't know if he's going to, but if he does, that's going to be pretty scary. Defensively, he's really good with his athleticism and is decently mobile for a center, so he is pretty versatile. I don't know what his potential is. He's definitely a starting center on a championship team, and Dwayne Casey kind of Kind of messed with his development, starting James Wiseman, but then Jalen Duran became the starter at the end of the year with James Wiseman at the five. But yeah, I don't know if he will be an All Star. It depends if his offense develops. If his offense does develop, then Jalen Duran could very well be an All Star, be the best center in this class so I'm interested to see how his career will fold with K Jaden, and another lottery pick. It's going to be pretty fun. Next guy I'm going to talk about is someone who wasn't even a lottery pick and of course he was in the Rudy Gobert trade. Walker Kessler picked 22nd and he's a Utah Jazz and he averaged nine points eight boards, shot 72% from the field, and his defense is so impressive. His rim protection is great. He averaged 2.3 blocks as a rookie, which is insane. Of course, the Jazz weren't a good defensive team this year because as a team in general, they're horrible defensively besides Walker Kessler. But yeah, Walker Kessler was super impressive defensively because he protected the rim so well altered every single shot in the paint, blocked a lot of shots offensively, great offensive rebounder. He averaged 3.1 offensive rebounds per game, just like Jalen Duren. He's a great offensive rebounder. He has nice touch around the rim. I just want to see his offense develop. I want to see, like, what can he do besides finish at the rim. He showed a couple of mid-range jumpers, but he didn't take a lot of them. He didn't take really any threes. So that's the next thing that Walker Kessler needs to do to take the next step in his game because he's already so good defensively. He's impacted the Jazz Already as a rookie, extremely well, great rebounder. It's just that offense has to develop if he's going to be an all star center. Next guy we got is the 37th pick in this draft. He was drafted by the Kings and then traded to the Dallas Mavericks. It's Jaden Hardy. I thought he was a lottery talent. Honestly, before the Cavs traded for Donovan Mitchell, I said they needed a secondary shot creator. So I said with the 14th pick... They should get Jaden Hardy because I believed he was going to be a bucket in the NBA. I believed in his talent, even though his efficiency in the G League was horrible. He was inconsistent, but he showed flashes of the type of scorer he can become, and he did the same thing in his rookie season for the Dallas Mavericks, but... I don't necessarily like him being drafted by the Mavericks because Jason Kidd necessarily didn't believe in him. Maybe didn't like him. Who knows, but Jaden Hardy showed his talent. There was a game against the Jazz where he scored 29 points and shot 8 for 12 from the field and 4 for 6 from 3. Remember when Kyrie and Luca were out to end the season, Jaden Hardy had a 27-point game against the Golden State Warriors when they lost by 2. He shot 10 for 18, 6 for 9 from 3. At the last game of the season against the Spurs, he had a 25-point game. So he showed how good of a scorer he can become. I thought the Mavericks could have used him, could have used a third shot creator because when you look at the Mavericks, really when Kyrie and Luca were playing together, necessarily the players around him just couldn't do anything couldn't score, couldn't create off the dribble. Reggie Bullock, Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleba, Justin Holiday. These guys couldn't do anything with the ball in their hands. Jaden Hardy is the one who would make the game easier for the Mavericks having that other shot creator. But of course, his defense needs a lot of work. I know that. I understand that. So maybe that's why Jason Kidd didn't play Jaden Hardy because they did need defense but a lot of those times not having another shot creator and having too many guys who just can't do anything offensively really hurt the Mavericks but yeah I believe in Jaden Hardy's talent and he's also going to work out with Kyrie which I think it's huge working out with someone that talented that skilled and an NBA superstar. And now there's a lot of guys that I missed. Malachi Branham I talked about in the rebuild. He's such a skilled scorer already as a rookie. Christian Brown proved that he can impact the game as a rookie. He defends. He plays hard. Payne Watson the last couple of games for the Nuggets showed that he's an athlete. That he can make defensive plays. AJ Griffin. I like him because he's a skilled scorer. Just needs to continue to develop his offensive game a little, become a better defender, but he's a really good three-point shooter already as a rookie. Tari Eason is a beast. He's a beast in transition. He gets offensive rebounds. He plays hard. Oshai Abaji, he started off his rookie year really bad, but with more minutes starting, he showed that he can defend and hit threes and Andrew Nemhard's a good player. I think he should probably come off the bench for the Indiana Pacers, but I really think he's a solid point guard. He's a good passer. He can create his own shot a little, has a nice floater. I think he's a solid player. So when I look at this draft class, I think that Paolo's going to be the best player in this draft. And honestly, in my opinion, I think Shaden Sharp's going to be the second just because of his athleticism and how talented he is as a scorer. I just believe in his potential so much. And then I got Jaden Ivy, then J-Dub, then Bengning Mathurin, then Jabari Smith. And honestly, I haven't even talked about Chet yet, which is so insane. This draft class is so talented. For the most disappointed, it's honestly probably going to be Johnny Davis. I don't have any faith in Johnny Davis. He had a couple good games to end the regular season. I just don't think he's really that good because I don't think he's that athletic, can get to the rim. And I don't think the shot making that he showed in college is going to translate in the NBA. Usman Jang, I like him. I think he can be a solid player with his height. He's pretty smooth. He can defend. I think that he can become a good player for the Thunder, but he's more of a project. Mark Williams, I've already talked about him. He's a beast. Dale and Terry from the Bulls didn't play, but when he did, he played hard defensively. Good efforts. I just got a lot of questions about his offensive game and sometimes he'll get beat backdoor defensively so just the little things I think he'll be fine hopefully he'll be good for the Bulls and that's really it. I hope you enjoyed episode 7 of the Everything Hoops show here on KRNU2. I really enjoyed talking about this rookie class because I think there's a lot of good young talent some disappointing of course but in general a great draft. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a good day.